Hello, welcome back to the Life of the Game podcast. If you have not listened to the first episode of Opt Out, um, please go listen to that, and I hope that you enjoy it. Um, it's on Spotify. It's on different platforms, but it's mainly on Spotify. Um, and they have a link in the description for that. Um, and I hope that you're enjoying uh, your week so far during this pandemic. Um, I hope that you're entertained like me watching the NBA playoffs. Um, when I look at the NBA playoffs and what I see right now, I see a lot of teams, um, not necessarily the star players, but the pieces that they give them, um, the max contracts that they have. And it hasn't been just the bubble. It hasn't been before the bubble. It has been previous years of these types of players that have not showed up in the playoffs. We have Tobias Harris. We have Al Holford. We have Eric Bledsoe. We have Chris Middleton. Those types of guys do not show up in the playoffs but have max stop deals. And if you were to tell me if any of them were the most disappointing in the playoffs, I would I would have to say Chris Middleton. This guy was a 50-40-90 guy last year. We've seen earlier when the first game started for Milwaukee, we've seen his potential. And, you know, when I look into the Western Conference Finals, it's almost the similar same situation. But I want to get to the real issue, and that is the LeBron James and the Lakers against the Blazers. Now I don't know the people people act like they're so confident when they predict these series and it's kind of hard to be confident in predicting these series because you have all of these teams that are having no pressure playing at home or playing away they they they're putting the same amount of effort they're getting the same opportunity you know you look at the Phoenix Suns for them to come in the bubble and get straight eight wins and and the the coaching the job that Monty Williams have done with Devin Booker and I, I I not even Draymond Green but I've also said you know that Devin Booker might want to think about another destination and I'm pretty sure he's second guessing that now seeing how improved the team has been in just a short amount of games but when I look at the Blazers and I look at the Lakers it's 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 it's, it's a intriguing it's a intriguing. It's, it's interesting about this series. I'm going to be honest with you. I was more interested in the Lakers and Blazers than the Clippers and the Mavericks last night. Um, The Clippers, I have a little bit of concern about, but not as much concern because Doc Rivers is a great coach. But I'm really concerned about his way of putting the ball in the right person's hands. And I've said this I've said this, I've I've realized this, and I've been saying this a million times to people that I talk to and to myself that the Clippers, it's, 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 a, it's, it's a chemistry problem, and, 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 and I feel like it's almost, in a way, a favoritism problem. Yes, I understand that Kawhi Leonard had 35 last night, but I felt like he should have more if he had the ball more in his hands. And also, when I say max contracts, don't get me wrong. Paul George is one of was one of the most underrated two guards in the league, but you know people are making a mockery out of him the same way he make a mockery out of Damian Lillard. 
that he chokes in the playoffs. He doesn't show up in the playoffs. And, you know, they po- he posted something about when, when him and Damian Lillard was having that um feud going on. He was posting stuff about how he was hurt. And we see him... We see him score. I mean, this is just ridiculous. You are star players. I understand you got excited for the first couple of games, but this is the playoffs. This is what you play for. And it's just, it's it's 14 points, 4 for 17. And you're playing in the playoffs and you're supposed to be one of the top teams. That's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. That's inexcusable. Paul George, you're making a mockery out of someone that you're, you're, you're basically making the same statements in your statistics for yourself. You played 32 minutes and you only had 14 points, so you were 417. The only thing good out of your statistics was 10 rebounds. That's it. And they really needed your help to win last night because Paul, I mean, Kawhi Leonard had 35 points. Um, and you're, you're really not getting no help outside of that. I like Marcus Morris, but Marcus Morris is not no number one guy. He tried that with the, with the New York Knicks and that's why he got, that's why he left because that's just not who he is. He is a good defender who can hit you some good shots in the late third and fourth quarter. He took too many shots. Marcus Morris took too many shots. And I don't understand this low management thing when it comes to this very point. If you're going to low manage Kawhi Leonard during the course of the, 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 the games before the uh, playoffs, and if you low manage him last year, this is what you low manage him for. But you're not putting the ball enough in his hands. I feel like Kawhi Leonard should average about 40 points because the ball should be more in his hands. I understand Lou Williams is the fourth quarter guy, but... Due to all of this uh, uh, additional players that they have added, it's not working. It's good to see Lil Williams put up the numbers he put up, but it's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. So my 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 concern with these these top tier teams is that they walked in here as if they're going to win it. The Lakers have walked in as if they're going to just win it. You have LeBron James, you have AD, you have the LA Clippers who basically from top from bottom from top to finish has a complete complete roster as far as talent wise. You look at the Milwaukee Bucks, oh Milwaukee Bucks, we know they're going to give about 50 wins. We know Giannis is going to do his thing. We know we're going to get something out of somebody else other than Giannis. And then you look at the Miami Heat. Nobody expected the Miami Heat to be this good. I know I didn't certainly expect them to be this good because even though Jimmy Butler was good with the 76ers, he wasn't the same he was offensively when he was with the Chicago Bulls. Now he is saying otherwise when he's playing against the Indiana Pacers and his arch emesis, TJ Warren. I mean, so all of this stuff, that all of this stuff, we you can have expectations and we have high expectations for these top-tier teams. But we also have to realize these top-tier teams is flawed and I feel like they have a chip. I think, feel like they have a certain arrogance about them. And these teams, they're coming into and, and, and acting like as if 
They 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 have I mean look at what the Blazers look at the talent the Blazers had and they still and even though they was injured throughout the course of the year before the the season was suspended look how people under I underestimated Memphis because I thought okay Jaron Jackson and I don't even pay attention to the Memphis Grizzlies but just looking at from what they what what for what they had compared to what the Blazers had they were still in the game and yes that might be because of the Blazers identity as far as defense but they were still in the game you look at the Brooklyn Nets they were still in the game maybe that's because of how the Trail Blazers play defense but that just goes to show you that none of these games are going to be easy to walk in and just say hey we're going to win it the only thing that's going to determine that is how you look as far as how you play and when I look at the Milwaukee Bucks, they act as if they got a chip on their shoulder. They act like they're they're arrogant, and they're not looking looking at their looking at what the history that they have. That yes, y'all have this. The history is repeating itself. Giannis is putting up large numbers. Chris Middleton is giving you about ten points. Eric Bledsoe, who also had a seventy million dollar contract, is giving you a uh, a uh, uh, zero effort. Um. So I'm 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 not I'm not with all of this hype about these about these teams. You have we have every right to have these expectations on these teams, but they but they can't put themselves as a hierarchy because when I looked at the game last night and I looked at the Mavericks, yes, we might nine times out of ten believe the Clippers are gonna win this series. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be by the thread. It's going to be by the by by the tips of their fingers. It's going to be by the tips of their fingers. So what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to be able to make some adjustments, and I believe they're going to have to make adjustments through their starting lineup. Marcus Morris is a is a pretty good bench player. That's who he was when he was with Boston, and he did well. He went to the New York Knicks. He got his money that he thought he was worth, and then now he's coming to the Clippers taking these shots in the third or fourth quarter. The next game, the next game, I don't want to see. I don't want to see Marcus Morris or any other player have the ball in their hands other than Kawhi Leonard. Because if you're going to load manage him and you're basically saying that because of his health is questionable, we're going to save enough juice for when it really counts. This is when it really counts. And I have seen plays where Kawhi Leonard took the plays in his hands, but it was too late. Because you because once y'all got in a two-point or a three-point lead, Montrez Harris started to get the ball early. Then um, Lou Williams starts to get the ball early. I understand that Lou Williams and Montrez Harris is the best six-man duo in the NBA. But they have been in and out of the lineup. Montrez Harris just came back a game ago. Lou Williams just came back. It's good to see him put up the numbers he put up like usual. But as far as from this point on, it has been Kawhi Leonard. And that's who it's going to have to be. And as far as the Lakers and the Blazers, the Lakers, I have said this, Danny Green, Danny Green or J.R. Smith is going to have to step up. I don't know what's going on with J.R. Smith. I don't know if J.R. Smith is injured. But Danny Green, I don't know what happened to him. Because when he was playing with Toronto, even though he wasn't the same shooter that he was with San Antonio, he was still being a definitely uh he was definitely being an imp- impact as far as offensively. 
one to two threes is not going to cut it. They're going to need about 18 points from him. Kyle Kuzma, give the guy credit. He's the only guy outside of LeBron James and Anthony Davis who didn't even show it themselves the first game. Some type of effort. I want to see. I want to see Danny Green hit about five threes. I need it from, from Danny Green. Because if you don't get no shooting out of the side of LeBron James, and the Blazers didn't even have their best game, the Blazers, the Blazers claim that they play so much of a good defense. They didn't play no good defense. I don't know what C.J. McCullum was talking about. If filing them and getting them to the free throw line is playing defense, then I don't know what to tell the Blazers. They need to take a class on that. They need to they they need to they need to get uh some some of these defensive guys back in the day and show them what defenses really is because I don't know what you mean that y'all feel like y'all play better defense. I do not. The Lakers turned you over. Let me see. And I and I and I look at it. Even if Ronjo Rondo, which they said it has been of reports that Ronjo Rondo has been questionable for game two. I don't even think Rondo, the only thing Rondo will be able to do is take pressure off of LeBron James. Because LeBron James at this point has to do everything and get everybody included. If Rondo Rondo come back and just be the point guard that he is, he don't even have to shoot. He don't even have to do any of that. If he could just give LeBron James some airspace so LeBron James could be able to do what he needs to do, then that will be fine. But I, I'm 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 not I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna say it and I'm gonna say it again. Danny Green needs to show up. He needs to show up. Everybody's talking about Pope. Everybody's talking about Kyle Kuzma. They need scoring. They need shooting. You got Carmelo Anthony. You got C.J. McCollum. You got Damian Lillard pulling up from the NBA logo. You have all of these, all of these guys. You have Nurkic. I mean, pretty much the whole squad can shoot from the three. We all know LeBron James in the fourth quarter. It has been reported that he is 63, 67% from the free throw line. So LeBron James, even though you might not have anybody else helping you out, you still have one of the top five players who needs to be playing in the paint instead of trying to do these fadeaways from the three and from like 12 feet from the basket. That's not going to cut it. And LeBron James is going to have to do better at shooting the ball at the free throw line. We can't ignore that about LeBron. He's going to have to do better than that. No questions asked. And what I'm saying is that the Lakers, they're going to need shooting. I don't I don't even care if LeBron James and Anthony Davis combine for 70 points. You still might at the end of the game 
have to get somebody else to sh- to shoot because this is a scoring team. This is not a defensive run team. You're going to have to score them. What was so good about the Golden State Warriors is that not only they out they outshot you out the gym, or they out they can outscore you offensively, but they also was great defensively. You had a Draymond Green. You had a Clay Thompson who was a all who should have been an All NBA defensive player. You 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 had those guys. You don't have nobody else on that on the Blazers. So what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to meet up to their same standards, which is going to be hard to do if you don't have anybody other than LeBron James and Anthony Davis to do it. I'm not making excuses for LeBron James. He should be better at the free throw line. I'm not making excuses for Anthony Davis because Anthony Davis, even though he scored 28 points, we all know that he could score 35 or 40 in his sleep if he just stayed in the paint because there's nobody. Nanarkis didn't even have a good game the other night, and he hasn't been playing physical because he's been looking exhausted and tired. And I might have to switch somebody out to put in Whiteside. I know they put Gabriel in, and I know they got a big lead early. But Whiteside is what's going to help the Blazers because outside of Whiteside, there's nobody other than Carmelo Anthony. You know their defense is bad if you we start complimenting Carmelo Anthony for playing defense. Hey, I, I don't know about you, but he did a pretty good job guarding LeBron. And LeBron James know he could take Carmelo Anthony. And see, this is what this is the issue I have with LeBron James when we start comparing him to Michael Jordan and all of these great players. Michael Jordan... Kobe Bryant, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, all of these guys that they, they, they knew they could take advantage of, they wasn't playing around. They took you. Matter of fact, when they know that they could take you, they didn't want to just go to the basket. They want to embarrass you. I know LeBron James' persona and the way he plays the game is different, but you got to take Carmelo Anthony. Nobody can guard you. And I know he's trying to juggle doing two jobs at once, but you've pretty much been successful at that the whole year. And LeBron James been do what you've been doing all your career. You've been having average guys or you've been having great, great players, and you know how to get your team gathered up and get them together. This is the time where you're going to have to put down your pride and try to be Superman because the team that you're playing against right now, they have a whole lot of Batmans. They have a whole lot of Robins on their team. Outside of that, you're not getting no help from anybody. So, LeBron, you're going to have to put down your pride and you're going to have to say, guys, we're going to need some help on the offensive end. I'm facilitating. I'm trying to get you open. We need to hit some shots. We need to hit some shots. That's that's neat. I don't want to hear anything about LeBron James and what's going on. I understand that everybody's under some circumstances during this pandemic. We have numerous of people who have who have passed who have family members that passed away from COVID. Yes, I understand that the Minnesota Timberwolves is not playing, and I know that 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 doesn't have anything to do with the NBA bubble. But Carl Anthony Towns lost his mother to it. Nurkic lost his grandmother to it. I understand if you got some circumstances or something going on, then yes, come come home, do your quarantine, and come back and do what you got to do. But there's numerous of people who have lost family members and, and, and had children born. 
and still was still wanted to come back to the bubble. So I understand your circumstances. I understand that it could be complicated and it could be frustrating. But this is a choice that you have made. And we have seen LeBron James and the Lakers give us this this vibe and give us this attitude where we're taking we're taking what's what's coming and we're gonna take advantage of it. All right, welcome back to the sports podcast. My name is Tamia. Um, this is the Life of the Game podcast. If you haven't seen the first two episodes, the Opt Out and Maxed Out Dollars, um, you can check that out on Spotify and some other platforms. And um, I hope that you're enjoying your week so far, and I hope that you're still staying safe during this pandemic. And I know that most of y'all are at home and you're watching the same thing that all of us are watching. We're wondering why the games are com- not coming on. We wonder why Kenny Smith walked off. We want to wonder why Shaq walked off. We want to wonder why um, players have decided to delay the games and postpone the games. Um, but I think that this is a perspective of not just the N- NBA players. I think it's way deeper than that, but also the people that's watching it. Um, we will watch these NFL games when we watch these uh, we watch these mainstream sports, which basically is pr- predominantly football and basketball. Um, you might have tennis and you might have soccer, but as far as in America, um, and this is not just an American thing, this is a global thing um, about hate, um, but specifically with racism in America, um, it was rooted in uh, racism. And it was taught how to be racist. Um, So when I look at all of these things going on, it's not a surprise to me that another guy got shot. We saw how it responded. When there's no accountability and when there's no uh, punishment or when there's no discipline, it's just like a child. You know, a child's going to do so much until you tell them not to do it. Now, I know that these are grown men, but they're still getting paid. They're still under a judicial system. And they still have responsibilities and they still have rules. And there's many of times that these officers have broken rules, have not gone by the policy, have not been ethical in any of these decisions, and they have not suffered no, 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 no consequences for it. So I'm not surprised that there's still going to be more cops that are going to be doing the same thing. Jacob Blake is not going to be the last person. We want it to be the last person. I want it to be the last person. But it's 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 not gonna it's it's, it's gonna continue to be more and more of these people because there's no consequences and there's nothing holds. So that's why I refer back to the NBA because you have all of these powerful owners. You say, well, they're paying them two hundred or three hundred million dollars compared to their billion dollars, but they keep that in their pockets due to mostly predominantly is black people that are playing these games. Now I know the reason why we say white boy about Luka Doncic, or we say anything. Uh, as far as poor Zingas or Steve Nash. But, you know, nothing against those players. I like Luka Doncic. I think that he has a great future in the NBA. But it's mostly dominantly by by black players. And um, I've been saying this for a minute. I don't understand why Mark Jackson is still commentating to this day. You know how long Mark Jackson has been commentating do you really know how long that he's been commentating? Why this man does not have a job? You got Chicago Bulls. You got the Indiana Pacers. You got the Philadelphia 76ers. You have the New Orleans Pelicans. Those are four jobs right there. 
And if I was a Mark Jackson, the general manager said that he's not planning on trading Ben Simmons or Embiid. So, if you're not going to trade Embiid and Simmons, I don't think Al Horford is doing as much. And what are you going to get out of him? So, I think as far as the general manager, if you look at that situation as far as the team, it could be fixed, but it's hard to fix because you still have the same general manager. I don't know as far as the training or whoever is their managers or whoever there's agents, but Joel Embiid is going to have to be in shape. Ben Simmons is going to have to do more than just attack the basket with his size. But that stuff, to me, can be fixable. But it's going to have to take somebody who's respected. Brett Brown has not had a history in the playoffs. He has been – he has he has a 14-17 and 17 record. That is how long he has been with the 76ers. So you're giving this guy millions and millions of chances. But Mark Jackson, who sustained the culture with the Golden State Warriors – and due to injuries and due to a lots of things going on ever since then, of course, they're not the same. But he was a part of that story of the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green and Harrison Barnes. So what 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 can you say about Mark Jackson that he does not deserve a job in the NBA? That is my question. I'm not mad that these guys, these people are firing these coaches because it's not like they're they're firing them. It's not like an NFL coach where you fire them like the first year if they don't have a winning record. But I do see that the NBA give these coaches a lot of chances. But you also need to give people chances that have a successful record. And I, I do believe I, I do believe that Mark Mark Jackson I wouldn't necessarily say he's getting blackballed, but I want to know why is he getting blackballed. I want to know why he is not getting a job. What did Mark Jackson actually do for it to be a couple of years for him to get a job? So when I look at that, and I also look at the fact of the uh, the NBA. And this is why I said in my first ep- in my first episode, if you have not checking it out, that's why I kind of agree with Jimmy Butler in a way, because yes, it is good that you're promoting this. When most of these, when you look in the crowds, what do you mostly see? You mostly see white people. When you go to the football games, who do you mostly see? You see the white people. So I'm pretty sure you know everybody is watching it, but who is still watching these NBA games? The white people. So, of course, you want to keep that in their face. Of course, you want to convince people that black lives have mattered. But it's people's own decision on what they what they think is right or wrong. And I have come to an agreement that you can put that all in the front. You can put that all in the front. And you can make that you can make a lot of commercials and advertisements all you want to. But the real change is going to have to be within the systems. It's gonna to have to be within the systems. We still and and, and and I know I'm pretty sure if you have a Twitter account or if you have if you look at memes or if you look at anything like that, one of those things that was up there was mostly saying, why are we still having the option to choose what ethnic ethnicity that we are when we go apply for a job. 
And that's a good question. That is a good question. Why is that so important of what race I am? When I walk in the room, you should be looking at my resume, not not how I'm wearing my hair. And I understand that it's presentable and I understand that you have to present yourself. That's what mom and dad used to teach you or that's how you would teach yourself. But it's not about that. It is more about the systematic racism. Cause see now, you 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 can't you you can't do the stuff that you normally do. I you I can't walk in a rest I can't walk in a restaurant and you beat me up because I'm in the wrong spot. Now you can actually ask me to you can ask me to leave, or you can ask me to uh, or you say or you claim that you're gonna call the cops for them to do it. But see that that type of that type of stuff is different. So America and people in general is always going to find a way for hate to be the unlining foundation. And what I see right now in America is that we're trying to find each and every way to put a label on something by the outer appearance. That's what we see on social media. Whether you're this cute or whether you're this you this 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 popular person whether you this popular person with all of this money they're already putting labels on you that you're arrogant or you the most sweetest angel on earth oh your life must have to be perfect you must be happy all the time nothing in your life goes wrong so they're already putting labels on you just like a normal person in the street. You you see a, a black a black person driving a luxurious car, you see a, a black person that's 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 uh wearing a suit, or you see a black person that's just wearing a tank top and some shorts and some slides. Oh, they're ghetto. Oh, they're bougie. Oh, oh, they must be doing drugs, so I got to pull them over. Cause they're already putting labels on you, because they're trying to find each and every type of way. To minimize you. And that's just not racism with white against black. That's that's with anybody. We see that all the time on social media. We see in labels, we see in assumptions that we don't even half know these people, especially these celebrities. We are like they're the most greatest people on earth, and you don't know these people. So with these basketball players, I'm not no, I'm not gonna necessarily worship them or give them all of this praise because you're black and you're and you making a hundred you making thirty to forty million dollars guaranteed every year and sometimes that can be on the hush. That's a way for them to keep you quiet is that they pay you minimum wage or they pay you these millions of dollars. That is a way they can keep you quiet. And we also have come now to a point where where, where money, it silenced everything else.
just because you pay me this amount of money, I still have a title to my job. So I should be able to have the same amount of opinion or the same level of input in these conversations. So I understand that, 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 that they're getting paid and they're on a payroll. But that does not make me silent. And when you look at the NFL, Colin Kaepernick, yes, he still got his money, but he wasn't being silent. And a lot of these players are like, oh, man, I shouldn't even play this year. The NFL don't care. They treat us like dogs. Okay, so if you if you feel that way, then get out, then, then, then don't play in the season. But because you're not, you know, you're not getting guaranteed money like the NBA or the Major League Baseball, or you're not getting straight out checked the first day like tennis, or you're not getting paid 20 or 30, 40 or 50 million or 60 million dollars on endorsements alone like a Cristiano Ronaldo. So, in a way, money is kind of making you hush. Cause like ain't I'm the one that's paying you? Ain't I'm the one that's that's you 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 biting a hand that feeds you type of motto? Because that's what I'm seeing right now. The NBA has the NBA players have more uh have have more uh power and wiggle room to work with with the owners. Now they're telling them where they want to be traded. Back in the day, you didn't know if you was getting traded or not. And now you just straight up going into offices and you already knew that you were going to be traded. You could talk to your player before anything happens and go ahead and tell them you can be traded. And the next day, breaking news, Paul George is now going to the Clippers. Or Draymond Green and Steph Curry can go all the way to New York and convince Kevin Durant to come down to Golden State uh, all of a sudden. So, I mean, yes, he was a free agent, but what I'm saying is this is how much of a playground the NBA players have. But that's not what it's about in the end. And I think we need to look past the social status. We, We need to look past the color. We need to look past that. And that's why I respect LeBron James. I'm not talking about as a personal. I'm not talking about him personally. But he. But we all know that yes, Black Lives Matters. We've been saying this for years, for years. Where is the action at? It's easy to put logos on the court. That cost them them billionaires and and the NBA and the commission. It cost them about a dollar to put a cheap sticker on the court and say Black Lives Matter. It's easier to uh, for producers and engineers to come up with a little uh, a creative way for a thirty second advertisement. Where is the action? Where is the action? Because right now, all I'm seeing is commercials. All I'm seeing is advertisements. This stuff, this stuff is not new to us. This stuff is not. This stuff is not new to them. And and when I said about Jimmy Butler not putting a name on his jersey, yes, I felt like that was that 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 was a a, a symbol of him saying, well, none of this really matters. In the end, he's still a black man. For Jimmy Butler's, for Jimmy Butler, yeah, you might you might be right. If you go out, you're not a black man. If you just had a hoodie on and you had a mask on, and they not know who you are, they don't know how much money you make, 
and some of them don't even care how much money you make and still they try to find a way to justify what they'll do to you or what they do against you but what about your brothers and sisters they don't know your brothers and sisters they ain't gonna have time to pull out a phone and say hey this is my brother i know that you see him on tv or hey this is my sister i know that you see her on tv they don't care So why are you out in the open and why are you entertaining all of us and why you're and why why are you why are we watching and enjoying these playoffs? That doesn't that doesn't matter at the end. But then again, I thought about it. I said after that George Floyd incident, I know that it was gonna be real tempting and I know it's gonna be real hard for them NBA players because they worked out during the summer. They already told their, their wives. They already told their children. They already told their families, hey, I'm not going to be here. I'm going to Orlando. And some of them have every right to participate and say, you know what, I'm not coming. I'm not going out there. It's a risk. I have families. Some people have newborn kids. Some of them are comfortable with going, seeing their child being born and come right back. And after the season over, go right back to their families. So, I know the NBA stepped out and they did something different. Just like when they made this bubble, they was the first to step out. Now they're trying to reside from reside from not playing a couple of days. So, they did something outside of the zone. But this stuff is easy to do. Two or three games. Now, I understand that these games were starting to get real interesting. And the NBA and these owners are already making a lot of money due to this promotion and due to this level of, of of exposure on broadcasting and on television. But I, I if, if I if, if I was them, I understand that, that that that's gonna that's gonna that's gonna take guts. Now yes it took some some fight for them to not play the series. Because I'm pretty sure that LeBron James and the Lakers, they wanted to go ahead and close out that series against the Trailblazers. And they're probably going to do it anyway. You know, the Milwaukee Bucks already um, beat the Orlando, uh, 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 the Orlando Magic. They was going to play the Heat anyway. We know the Utah Jazz and the Denver. We want to see if that's going to be the resurrection of the Cleveland Cavaliers down 3-1 with the uh, Golden State Warriors. We don't know if that's going to happen anyway. But see, I can't really say because I know that when your season has been postponed, that you really want to come back and play. But if it really was going to take guts, and if I and if it was me, I knew that it was going to be an NBA season next year. I would have went on ahead and set out the rest of the playoffs. That to me would make a statement. If the Clippers and the Lakers, who are one, who was one of the most talked about teams in the preseason, who's getting the most hype, just imagine if they would have set out the rest of the playoffs. And I wouldn't be surprised under the table. I know that the owners. 
I know that LeBron James makes starting at forty million dollars. He makes almost an average or close to a hundred million dollars every year. So I know money don't mean nothing to him like that because he already has access to it. But something had to happen under the table for you to change your mind. Because that would have made a huge statement. And when they saw that as a threat, there has to be some type of discussions or some, th- some type of thing. Or something between the owners. There was something that was going to happen in between those owners. In order for you to go back and do that. So to me, this does not mean that much to me. Because now it's going to even get the the, the, the the viewers even more involved and watching the games only for two days. Just imagine if you were to cancel rest of the playoffs. Yeah, people going to watch baseball. Yeah, people going to watch tennis. But this country is based off basketball and football, mainly football. So what I'm trying to say is is that you're going to have to do better. America. And I can't make that decision for you. I don't care LeBron James or George Hill. And everybody's like, well, I don't want to necessarily hear what George Hill has to say. I want to hear what LeBron James has to say. So you're not even really focused on the main issue. You're focused on who's the most powerful and who has the most money. So that between it right there, what's what's the big issue? I don't understand the media because y'all saying that y'all y'all not really caring for George Hill. Oh, he's a George Hill because of a LeBron James. Why does that does? Why did that even matter? If y'all so focused on the calls and y'all was so focused on 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 uh getting the story out there or getting the purpose out there, then what matters? Who's who who takes the first step? And that's the issue. People are waiting on people to say who was going to make the first step. So I'm saying it would be nice if Michael Jordan makes the first step as far as the owners. Because, hey, he's black. Number two, he's one of the he's he's the greatest player of all time. He's one of the greatest iconic sports sports athletes that ever lived. What he single what he singly had singly handed did by himself with just being a player making billions and billions of dollars off of just a logo, off a dunk contest. What he has did, what he have done, all of that all alone. I understand that. I understand we're going to keep having conversations when LeBron James is playing his few left years. We're going to still talk about the greatest, and we're going to put Michael Jordan in the conversation. When you talk about your top five players, of course, after this, we're going to still talk about Michael Jordan. All of that stuff is cool. We're talking about the Michael Jordan he was, the Gatorade commercials, the, the, the tongue sticking out, all of that stuff. And see, that's why 
when I look at it now, that's why I respect Kobe Bryant. Because he was a guy about action. Why everybody's sitting here talking about, oh, we should support women. And, oh, he was going out to the games. He was he was promoting the, the brand. It wasn't just because of his daughter. But he know the same type of future or the same type of opportunities that he had when he came into the league. He wanted the same thing for his daughter if she would have if she would have grown up. So that stuff like that takes action. Everybody talking about they 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 want to support WNBA basketball and they want to do all of this and that. No, what is gonna take action? Wearing ordering an orange hoodie is nice. What about coming out to the games? What about helping these women out who just now all of a sudden is now getting paid a half a million dollars and just now getting a paternity leave? And the NBA been here for almost 20 years. And if you go to a regular nine to five job, you can get that within a couple of months. Now I understand about the brand. I understand about the market. I understand who and I know that I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat nothing. I anticipate watching the men's before I watch the women's, but I still watch and I still support it. And that's what Kobe Bryant did. He took action. So why are you and your owners being best friends, signing these hundreds and hundreds of million dollars? Let's also have some conversations about some real stuff. Because I know it only takes five or ten minutes for y'all to contact these people. These mayors. These Republicans, these House of Representatives, I know we don't take that don't 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 take that long for them to call you back. So at the end, when this is all said and done, if there is no action being taken place, if all it is is just a bunch of conversations, if it all it is is a, a, a reverend coming up and speaking the same same speech that he has preached the year before this and the year before that. We got the freedom of speech. And we should use the freedoms that we have. But also, we need to confront what we're trying to back off from. Oh, if they have money, I don't. They, they seem like they have more power and I don't. That is a lie. That is a lie. So the truth of the matter is, where is the action? Because if you want to be honest, it's not a big deal to take two days off. It's not really a big deal to walk off. Yes, it, it, yes, it, 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 it makes it a, res, a, a representation. But where is the project? We got this big bullboard sign. But where are we going to find it? That's when it all comes down to. Everybody got billboards. Everybody got posters. But where is the action going to take place? Yes, it's good that we see more diverse people. Yes, it's good that we see more white people saying it's, it's wrong. I, I, I see that that's, that's also what's going to have to take. 
But where is the action? Yes, I believe that voting is important. But where is the where where is the real action? See everything that we have freedom over. Now they're trying to take that. Now you see that they're trying to take freedom from protesting. Now you see that they're trying to take freedom from voting. See wherever there's a threat at, they're gonna try to take that from you. So if I was the NBA, I'm not saying you should do it, and I'm not saying that you was wrong for not doing it. But if I really wanted to make a statement, and if I really wanted to hit them right in the gut, it would have been I would have took the whole NBA playoffs off. And you have to do that within your own system. So when you have money and you have a little power, you can't walk around with that trophy for the rest of your life on your shoulder. You're going to have to do something with it. Because the people that you used to walk in the neighborhood with and when they grow up, they're not going to they're no longer going to be there. So it's about time that whether you are a celebrity or whether you're famous, or whether you are George Hill, or whether you are LeBron James, or whether you are um, somewhere in the street. Everybody should get the same level of respect. And I understand in reality, when you have money and power, that's a, that's a far stretch. But it does not neglect the fact that people should still have respect. So people out there that don't have 40 or $30 million a year, and you might necessarily not feel like you have the platform, Still speak your mind. Because you're not speaking your mind and them just making a whole bunch of commercials saying that this has to stop. Both of y'all are at the same place. It does not mean nothing. So let's stop. Let's stop the madness. Let's stop the madness. If I was the NBA, I would have took the rest of the playoffs off. I would have been upset. I would have I been like, man, there ain't nothing to watch on TV. There ain't nothing to watch on TV. Have a bunch of reboots and, and watching Netflix and Hulu and wait, watching the same episodes and watching the same shows. And it's hard for me to get into a new show. But none of that matters. Because you know what? I get to still watch NBA games. And I'm not going to say white people because I love white people. I'm just saying racist people. And you don't have to be white. Just You don't, you, don't, you only have to be uh, white to be racist. So I, I, I love all, I love all white and, and all, and all, and all ethnicities. But I'm just saying the people that's, that's, that's against it. The people that are against it. They ain't studying it. They want to watch some basketball. I want to watch some basketball. 
And as me as a person that loves sports, I would be easily hurt if the Clippers and LeBron James decided to not play the rest of the playoffs. Because that's what we want to see in the Western Conference Finals. So, that's what's going to happen. So, um, that's, that's mainly the quick, the quick topic of the day. Is where is the action? It's easy to make commercials. It's easy to wear t-shirts. It's easy to put your knee down. All of that was easy. When it was hard to do, and when you see somebody else suffer the consequences of doing it, nobody was doing it. Now that you see that it's something more easy to do and something more easy to get away from and not to suffer as much consequences, it's easy for everybody to do it. But where are we going to do it when it gets hard? What are we going to do when it, when it, when it's the, the odds are stacked against you? That is when it becomes the effect of the most. So it's easy now to wear a Black Lives Matter shirt. Because they're saying that you can do it. It's easy for you to kneel at the national anthem. Because now it's easy for that you can do it. But what the NBA did just a couple days ago, that's going to have to be the next step. And it can't be just a couple of games. And, 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 and you say, well, how does that matter? The owners, when it start affecting their pockets. Same thing with the NFL, when it start affecting your pockets. Colin Kaepernick won't even a starter, and they still cut him out towards the end of his career with the NFL currently. So it's going to have to take action. It is going to have to take action. But, man, what it would be if they canceled the rest of the NBA playoffs. Because there were so many trades. The Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets with CP3 and the Thunder with Anthony Davis and LeBron James with Paul George and the Clippers. Jimmy Butler with the Miami Heat. The Toronto the underdogs, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, there's a lot of storylines that's making the NBA a lot of money. But you're already giving me guaranteed money. I could sit out for the rest of these games. So if y'all can sit out over a sore knee or y'all can sit out for, uh, I'm not talking about if somebody got affected by COVID or if it's got anything to do with your family, but if you sitting out for just sneezing or you just sitting out because you thought that you twisted your ankle, but you really didn't, if you can sit out them many games, what's stopping you from sitting out with this? That's how I'm feeling with this right now. It's time to look at the bigger picture. Y'all looking at who said what instead of what was the action that took place. Y'all so worried about LeBron James and all of this stuff and what the action took place. And I understand with Michael Michael Jordan because it's like, okay, Michael Jordan. You've been making this you've been making the NBA rich for a long time. Just with your name by itself. 
black people has been spending billions of dollars on your shoes. I know that you didn't make them do it. But um, that's what it is. He influenced a lot of players. He influenced a lot of people. And that's cool and all. But he he also knows the power and the money that he has. I'm not talking about in your communities. I'm not talking about you building jails and not building schools. I'm talking about the simple fact with these owners. You think if Michael Jordan don't walk into a room, he going to get some respect? It's, it's not who's first, and it's not about whose name is beside it. It's just a simple fact who's going to take action. You might be a George Hill out there, and everybody looking at this other person saying, what are you doing? You have all of this. You have all of that. You have all the fame. You have all the money. You have all the attention. You're getting all of these followers on Instagram and Twitter. Well, a George Hill... But did it matter who George Hill was? Now, I understand he's still an NBA player and he makes money, but compared, like we're saying, as far as the social status, because that's what this is, it comes down to that these days of age, people's social status. But in the end, did it really matter? And yes, I know within itself that, you know, coming back, I don't really see... I can see that you're 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 telling the owners we're at we're at that point now. We're at this point where we send out these games. We're at this point that we will do it. We might not do it for the rest of the playoffs, but we we're showing you a little bit of insight of what we really could do. But did it really did it really did it really matter? Because that George Hill took the initiative and the rest of the players to sit out. So if you feel like you a George Hill or whether you feel like you a LeBron James, it really don't matter at the end. Because it's not going to take just LeBron James and, and LeBron James is not going to be able to do it by himself. Michael Jordan is not going to be able to do it by himself. It's going to have to take a collective effort. You really think George Hill was talking, was thinking about, oh, I'm not a LeBron James or none of this stuff? And that's why some of this media is ignorant because y'all worried about what LeBron James said or what he didn't say. And yes, if you have money and power, you'll be like, why would I wouldn't do that? But you're so worried about who George Hill is and you're like, well, who is this guy? And some people are going to be telling you, well, who is you? What are you doing? What are you talking about? You don't even know what you're talking about. But in the end, it was action at the end of the day. So no matter what people thought about George Hill's social status, no matter who they thought about George Hill when he was with Indiana, all of that stuff, none of that stuff mattered. What mattered was what was the goal? What was the message you were trying to come across? 
So that's what it has come down to. So, yes, I'm not going to sit here and be a hypocrite. I am going to watch the NBA. I sure am. But in the end, it's still going to take action. That's my topic for today. I hope that you have a great weekend. And um, be safe. And remember, it's going to take action. Hello and welcome back to this Life of the Game podcast. My name is um, Tamia Williams. Um, I hope that you've been having a great week. Um, I hope that you have a great rest of your weekend um, going into next week. But first, let's talk about a couple of things that has been going on. Um, The NBA playoffs. Uh, The NBA playoffs has been great. Uh, Went from the Portland Trail Blazers, Damian Lillard coming in with this very hyped and momentum game. Um momentum game 60 points 50 points 40 points and then you have um somebody like uh jamal murray and donovan mitchell spider against jm which some of them call him mj because he's the only one him and donovan mitchell are the only ones that have back-to-back 50 point games in a playoff series and now jamal murray and jokic are now going to play um the clippers and then you're going to have, of course, the L.A. Lakers tomorrow play the Houston Rockets. Um, but first, let's talk about the games uh, last night. Um, I said before in my first episode, if you have not listened to it, um, I said that my concern with the Milwaukee Bucks is what you're seeing right now. That Giannis does not show up in the playoffs. He can be a very dominant and well good player. Um And unless he goes to another team where he doesn't have to do as much because – Every now and then, you might see Chris Middleton have the uh, the past two games. Chris Middleton has played well. He had 28 points in the game one, and he had around the same stats um, this go round. But um, if you're a superstar, it's 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 a point in time where you take over, and um, Giannis has not played as well. Uh, we look at his stats and say, oh, he has 30 points. He has 15 rebounds. But it comes down to the wire. And a lot of these guys that want to win championships, they want to have these titles, they want to have all of these legacies. They, but, but it comes to the Mamba mentality. It comes to the Mamba mentality. And those guys, none of those guys uh, have it. You know, um, James Harden, I think that he has the potential of having it, but in the playoffs he just don't have it. Um, he did have it defensively last night, but I'm saying as far as offensively, when you need to close out games, you need to close out games. Um, Kyrie Irving, Kobe Bryant, um, Michael Jordan, um, Larry Bird, um, Magic Johnson, those guys knew how to close out games. And those games that you win – are going to determine the most factor. Now, when we look at the Portland Trailblazers, we're going to have the same conversation next year. Damian Lillard is going to put up the performances he had throughout the regular season. In his first playoff series or a couple of games to get to the playoffs, he's going to put on these historic historic performances. Do I think that changes my opinion about Damian Lillard as far as him being a great player in this league? No, it does not. 
but to get that equal level of respect a lot of people not not even paying Charles Barkley no mind and he was a very very good player you know Allen Iverson he the team that he had he took them to the finals and all the things that Allen Iverson was people don't talk about Allen I don't feel like people talk about Allen Iverson like they should have but because of your accol- your accolades and the and the championships you go to matter. Like nobody's gonna talk about the fact that LeBron James has won uh, three out of uh, three out of the championships that he's won. We're gonna talk about all the championships that he went to and haven't won them. So in general, people are always going to find the negative, and then it's just simply flat out you did you haven't been to a championship with been to a championship yet. A lot of people are not going to respect Kevin Durant for going to Golden State. So, okay, you're, 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 you got a head coach in Steve Nash. You have a partner in Kyrie Irving. You have a, a Harris. You have a Spencer. You have a couple of pieces around you that should say that you should be, without a doubt, going to the Easter Conference Finals or contending for the championship. So, Damian Lillard has put on one of the best performances as far as in the playoffs, as far as a stretch. But to be honest, I already forgot all of that stuff because now we're talking about Jamal Murray against Donovan Mitchell. Now, that doesn't affect the projection of next year, but we're talking about currently right now. So you're hitting 60 points and 50 or 40 points, and you're in the eighth seed. Yes, you was uh, you was hurt due to injuries, but you got swept last year. You still had C.J. McCollum. You still had Zach Collins and those guys. So your team wasn't that far off from what Golden State had. I know a lot of people said that Golden State was 73-9, and nine, but you had Harrison Barnes. You had David Lee. You had David West before their retirement. I mean, you had a lot of uh, pretty well-around championship-oriented players around them that were still pretty in good shape. So compared to that and what they had now and Draymond Green, Draymond Green wasn't even playing up to his part. So I, I don't see the, the really big difference if we're going to call the uh, uh, C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard the, the one of the top five backcourts in the NBA. So um, I'm looking at these playoffs now, and um, Russell Westbrook is going to have to play better. Um James Harden already knows what he has to do. Um, but if they if they if they lose in five or they get swept, Mike D'Antoni should be fired. He should be fired. There's no way around it. Mike D'Antoni should be fired. You have been to seven games twice with the Golden State Warriors. One of them was because CP3 was hurt and James Harden did not show up. The other one you lost in six, and that wasn't because of Kevin Durant. That was simply because y'all gave up. So I don't want to hear about those playoffs or nothing like that because y'all barely beat OKC Thunder. All of these games y'all played against them was by the nail. So I'm I'm not I'm not really I'm really confident in the Houston Rockets going into the Lakers because of course the size and they're great defensively 
but I want to know who's going to guard LeBron James. I know P.J. Tucker is probably going to guard him, or Covington is going to guard him, but who's going to guard Anthony Davis? James Harden has had some good defensive moments, but he's not going to shut down Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook is a pretty good defender, but he's not going to be able to shut down Anthony Davis. And the only the other thing that concerns me is, you know, James Harden said that his body felt like shit. So you're already feeling like shit. You're only going to get 24 hours of rest or whatever you're going to do. I honestly think Russell Westbrook, he still needs to go in the gym and shoot his shots. Um, but um, the Lakers has been getting rest. The Clippers have been getting rest. Throughout all, of, throughout all of these long, drawn-out series, the top two teams that we have talked about from the beginning of the season has benefited the most from this 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 um this this delay of season, this postponed season. They've been getting rest. So while the Portland Trailblazers was fighting and was trying to find every which way to get into the playoffs, LeBron James, who's in his 17th year, Anthony Davis who has never been on a successful playoff team in his whole career, are getting rest and getting prepared for these games. So when I look at it, I'm not surprised if the Lakers beat the Houston Rockets. They got rest. I'm not surprised if the Clippers beat the Nuggets. They get rest. So I think the Western Conference Finals is already going to be preset before the Eastern Conference Finals. I think that Miami will beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I I I for sure know the uh, the Milwaukee Bucks will lose that series, and I do believe that Giannis he will probably leave, or somebody else will have to be traded. You pay Eric Bledsoe seventy million dollars. You paid Crystal Middleton thirty three million dollars a year, and Everybody was hyped up because y'all dominated Orlando Magic. You dominated the AFC that didn't have the top two best player on their team. So I know in some games you walk in and you think that you already got it and then it's a wake-up call for you to really be stepping up your game. So when I look at... When I look at the Milwaukee Bucks... That was not uh they were they were not they went right back to sleep against the Miami Heat. And I've said it before, I said the Miami Heat, they have shooters. If they don't have great shooting nights, that's not going to deteriorate their confidence. They're gonna find other ways to beat you. And they just they just they're they're getting in Giannis' head. They're getting in Giannis' head. And I think even though that probably was a debatable call last night, I think that really sucked out the mentally and psychologically part of it for the Milwaukee Bucks to even have a chance throughout the series. So somebody's going to get traded. I don't believe the coach is going to get fired. He's been having a coach of years, and he's been having a winning record, so I don't think necessarily he's going to get fired. But it would look good, pretty bad on Giannis Antetokounmpo. You've been having these winning records. You've been having these MVP seasons, and you haven't even gotten to the Easter Conference. Uh, you haven't even gotten to the Easter Conference Finals. You have. I mean, you haven't even competed in the championship. You haven't even been in the championship. 
it's the same thing for James Harden. You've been having these winning seasons. You've been having the top five, been in the top five teams of the NBA. Everybody's talking about your style of play. That's not going to win you a championship in some way, somehow. You still find to be in the Western Conference Finals, but then you get blown out and you lose in six games. You barely beat the OKC Thunder, which was big underdogs in this game. Your best player was not with you. But it was a struggle for y'all to close out that game. So OKC could have easily have beaten y'all. So that is my main concern that the Houston Rockets have beaten the Lakers in the regular season. But like I said, it's the postseason. We know both sides. We know LeBron James' history in the playoffs. We know Russell Westbrook history in the playoffs. We know James Harden history in the playoffs. We know Mike D'Antoni histories in the playoffs. And, you know, I'm cool. I, I, I necessarily am not really feeling Steve Nash getting that job. And... I'm just, I'm just not understanding how Mark Jackson still don't got a job. So his, so his religion or his belief is disqualifying him from, from still getting a job. Everybody's talking about Mark Jackson did a pretty good job. No, he did a hell of a job with Golden State. He helped them establish that culture and that foundation for the Splash Brothers and Draymond Green. So let's stop acting like Mark Jackson was just a good assistant coach. No. Tyron Lue with LeBron James and Kyrie Irving. Did he have something to do with Kevin Love's injury? Did he, did he have something to do with those pieces that didn't contribute? I don't think so. So I don't know why he's not having a job. Because you got Mike D'Antoni for years and years and years. Haven't gotten to a championship. And now that you have a style that's unique, that's different, that's hyping everybody up, and you don't put the ball in the best hands, you need to stop pacifying James Harden. Stop pacifying James Harden. If he can average 30 in his sleep, then he should have the ball at the last few minutes. Russell Westbrook should not have the ball in, the, in, in, in his hands at the last minute. Russell Westbrook is not a closer. Russell Westbrook is a great, a, a great guy that can pressure you in the, in the paint and give it to his open guys. He can shoot midway jumpers. But Russell Westbrook is not somebody I trust in a closing moment. To be, to be honest, either one of them, it could be a hard decision. But you think I'm not going to give James Harden, who scored 50% from the field and averaged 30 points throughout this series and have slumps? You're not giving him the ball. You're, not, you're, not, you're hiding him from the moment. That's going to end up hurting you and probably hurting your job. And here from in the huddle, I mean, you, you, you just got to, you just got to snap out of it. And we look at the Philadelphia 76ers in that situation. You look at Ben Simmons and you look at Joel Embiid. The general manager already said he's not planning on trading any of these players. 
So now that Brett Brown is out of office, you don't need nobody in there that's going to beat around the bush. You don't need anybody in there going to baby up Ben Simmons. You're not a baby. You're not a rookie anymore. It's time for you to shoot the ball. Everybody's talking about you a shot away from being a, a 2.0 LeBron James. We're probably going to never see it because you never attempt to shoot the ball. Ben Simmons has been in his second or third year, and he only had like two or three three-pointers attempts. What type of coaching is that? We're not talking about the type of person he is. We're not talking about how he looks with the press. We're talking about pure coaching. What kind of coaching is that? What kind of coaching is that? Yes, as years, as years go, you age, but these guys are in their prime. They're not in their 30s and 40s. So that is my concern with the NBA is, are y'all blackballing while y'all trying to promote a label or trying to promote? Because now it's been reported that some of these NBA owners didn't even want to do the Black Lives Matter movement. Didn't even want to do it. So I'm not saying they fired all black people. They did fire Brett Brown. But let's just think about the coaches that are out there right now. Greg Popovich. Mark Jackson. I don't know his name, but the dude from Indiana. Tyron Lue. All of these guys don't have jobs. Well, I know Greg Popovich is technically still under the San Antonio Spurs, but they already said that he's selling his property in San Antonio. So let's go ahead and already assume that Greg Popovich is out of office. And I'm just saying these types of coaches that have success or has been to the championship, you need somebody that's already been there. For the 76ers, not even, not even able to get out of the uh, – not even to get out the other round. They need somebody that has coached the team to get to a championship and win it. And I think a lot of people look at LeBron James as all three. He's a player, he's a leader, and he's a coach. But Tyron Lue will still be able to manage that. I know we're going to look at the Splash Brothers. We're going to look at the best shooters that we've probably ever seen in the history of the NBA. But you also got to have a culture. And Mark Jackson helped establish that. So back to the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers and Houston end in six or five. Because I don't believe that James Harden and Russell Westbrook, once again, they're going to be exhausted. They're never able to close out games in five or six series or in seven series. And even if they do, they're still tired. And Russell Westbrook, he has gotten rest. But it's almost like you're stopping a, a, a runner who haven't quite got exhausted, haven't quite got gassed out and still has energy. And when you completely stop them or when something completely stops them, them trying to continue to go and go and go and it's going to take a minute. So I don't know about those guys. And also... As far as the NFL season, let's see. 
have the Texans and the Chiefs. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Life of the Game podcast hosted by your very own Tamia Williams. I hope everybody's having a good week so far um, coming into Friday and into the weekend. Um, I know that you're excited like me against these NFL games. Um, for talk about these NFL games. Um, today we have the Houston Texans against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, we have the Super Bowl champs of last year. So let's look into the schedule. Let's first start off with the Texas and the Houston, um, the Houston Texas, and the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Kansas City Chiefs winning this game. Um, I do think that you know Deshaun Watson, just fine, was well deserved, especially with the talent that he had. He had DeAndre Hopkins and pretty much elsewhere. He hasn't really had much help. Now that you have taken DeAndre Hopkins out of the question, yeah, you replaced him with Brandon Cooks and Randall Cobb, but that's completely downgraded. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to offend Brandon Cooks or Randall Cobb, but DeAndre is more talented than them combined. And to be able to lose that, um, it's really going to um, hurt um, the Houston Texans, I believe. I still think because of Deshaun Watson and who he is as a football player, he's going to be in the playoffs, but I don't see it going any further. Um, I do have the Kansas City Chiefs winning. Um, I'm really excited to see Cloud Hilaire from LSU. I feel like he was one of the most un- underrated, one of the most biggest steals in the draft. Um a lot of people was admiring Joe Burrow due to his nearly perfect season, but he also had a great running back mate in uh, Cloud Hilaire. So it's going to be interesting to see this offensive game. I'm very excited to see the Kansas City Chiefs and their offensive game. Offensive game. So um, it's going to be real interesting tonight because the Houston Rockets are playing tonight as well, which is also a must win for them. Um, Russell Westbrook had a better game. James Harden, you know, this is nothing new to him to average 30 points in his sleep. But it's going to have to take a team effort now because now you have Ron Rondo, who has now gotten a momentum. He's been able to develop his game while he was trying to maintain to be healthy. And he's averaged 20 points. You have Kyle Kuzma every now and then that can give you 10 or 12 points. So if they have Ron Rondo to continue to do what he's doing, then if the Rockets wants to have a chance, it's going to have to take everybody, including Eric Gordon, who I think is a very key piece, which is you're going to have to, um, you're going to definitely have to be well aware of that. So um, I, I do believe that the Houston Rockets, this is a must win. If they don't win tonight, they're losing in five games. And I believe that Mike D'Antoni should be out of the out of the door as soon as this happens. This guy's had multiple chances. This guy has only gone past the Western Conference Finals with CP3. And then on top of that, you know, you have Russell Westbrook. So if this doesn't work, I do believe that Mike D'Antoni should be out if he loses five games because your simple adjustment, which is not that complicated, is to get everybody involved. If you just get everybody involved, talk to Westbrook and let him know, hey, you did you did much better. You starting to come into yourself, but just be disciplined and just be aggressive. Just go to the basket and get other guys involved. That is what has been a part of our main success throughout of this is that you have affected our pace to be able to go fast, to be able to control the, the tempo of the game, but also just just you just going to the basket alone 
it, it brings a lot of pressure on other defenders to, to close in. And now that you have one of the best offensive scoring machines in the league, and on top of that, you have great, decent three-point shooters around him, um, this is what makes us who we are and what made us successful when nobody said that this small ball can work. So in order for this to be successful, we're going to have to continue that. And that starts off with Russell Westbrook by him doing what he does. So, um... That is that is that is my that is my pick for tonight. I think the Houston Rockets win tonight. They should win tonight. They have to win tonight in order to be able to um be able to be successful. Um so um let's talk about that. Um let's talk about the Houston Texans and the Kansas City Chiefs. I have the Kansas City Chiefs win and I believe that the offense is lethal. I, like I said, I think the defense is average. I do um, believe, um, I know that it's a cliche that whoever wins the Super Bowl is more likely to win it next year. I know that that haven't happened since 2004, I believe, or 2008 with the New England Patriots. But I do believe if there's any other team that can get it done, it's the Kansas City Chiefs because just how dominant their offense is. Patrick Mahomes with his big contract and still was generous enough to spread it out to guys to keep them on the roster like Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. Um, Robinson, um, Sammy Watkins, um, you have all of these weapons. So this is going to be very interesting. Um, I'm just glad to see football again. Um, I'm a big basketball fan, but I'm, it's nothing big as football to me. Football is just a sight and football is just, it's just on another different level. Um, and speaking of the NFL, let's see what other games are going to be scheduled up coming up. Let me see. So, yes, so this Sunday we have the Jets and the Bills. Obviously, we know that uh, Stephon Diggs got traded to the Bills from the Minnesota Vikings. Later on to that, we have the Green Bay Packers against the Vikings. Um, Jets and Bills, I have the Bills. The Bills are going to be interesting. They had a great defensive team. They had a great great running game. Um, They have great cornerbacks. And, you know, you have Josh Allen. So, um. I still believe that Josh Allen, he has to develop. Um, he has a great arm, but, you know, it's like an arm, and you have uh, other techniques that needs to be coming into play in order to be a great quarterback. So I think that, you know, definitely the Bills will win this game. Um, I have the Green Bay Packers versus the Vikings. I have the Vikings um, winning this game. I really think the Packers have just been a real disappointment as far as free agents. And in the draft, they have not picked up any elite wide receiver. I truly believe that the Green Bay Packers will have a typical. They might be 13 and 3. They might be in that 12 11 winning game. But I do believe that Aaron Rodgers will want to be out of the Green Bay Packers because for the past couple of years, they have not shown any appreciation. He he deserves to get that a hundred million dollars type of contract, but I'm getting tired of people.
for the fact that he doesn't have a great wide receiver. Yes, Devontae Adams is a B-plus wide receiver, but when did he ever have a great wide receiver? Um, I'm not talking about Jimmy Graham now. I'm not talking about, you know, Jimmy Graham right now. I'm talking about the Jimmy Graham uh, back in the days with the Seahawks, that type of Jimmy Graham. There's no, there hasn't been no caliber of that type of wide receiver that Aaron Rodgers had in his possession. It's the same situation with Russell Wilson. These guys have not had any top tier or top one wide receivers, and now the Seahawks are just now doing that with DK Metcalf and signing Greg Olson. But I mean, the Packers have not done a great job of getting Aaron Rodgers help, and I believe that Aaron Rodgers is going to get sick of it. I do believe that the this will be a close game, but I do have the Vikings winning. Um, I think um, Kirk Cousins um, and that play action offense, and on top of that, um, yes, you don't have Stephon Diggs no more, but you still have a young guy in Justin Jefferson um, from LSU, and then on top of that, you still have um, hopefully that he can stay healthy, but you still have Adam Thielen. Um, and you still have a great uh, tight end off. So their offense is pretty pretty decent. So I have the Vikings against the Packers, but I have it in a close game. Then we have the Eagles and the Washington Redskins. Nobody's going to pay attention to this game. Um, I do believe the Eagles should be the, NF uh, the NFC championship, uh, the NF um, NFC champion um, with the Cowboys. Coach Odell Beckham has got a lot of you know smelly things going on outside. I'm pretty sure that he's focused on this season. Hopefully that that doesn't be a distractor for him. But I see Odell Beckham having an average year that he had last year. I just think that Baker Mayfield, this is going to be a lot of pressure on Baker Mayfield more than anything. Odell Beckham, he can train. You know, he could do all he can. He could try to get open with double teams and stuff like that. But if Baker Mayfield cannot deliver when you have an improved offensive line, you still have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs. You still have one of the best defensive ends um, in the league. You still and Miles Garrett, and then you have Jarvis Landry, you have Odell Beckham, you have a Joku. That's a lot of pressure for a quarterback to deliver. And if he doesn't deliver, then the Cleveland Browns might want a second guess of him leaving. Because best believe, if 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 Odell Beckham does not have a successful season where he wants to get these many targets and yards, I don't care if Jarvis Landry is with him or not. He's going to want to get traded somewhere else because he's about thirty years old. And, you know, he wants to build this legacy where he wants to be a Randy Moss and Jerry Rice. And Baker Mayfield, I just don't believe that he's a quarterback that is going to be able to give you those goals, especially when you have other weapons other than yourself on that team. So I definitely have the Ravens winning this game. Um, it should be close. I will say that that would be a really good game, the Browns and the Ravens. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Ravens um, would do what they did last year.
which is blow them out um into the second quarter um but let's go on with the Colts and Jaguars um Phillip Rivers went to the Indianapolis Colts I have the Colts winning this I think the Jaguars are just giving up all this season before it even started they let go of Fournette and now he went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um Phillip Rivers you know I, I believe that Phillip Rivers will be Phillip Rivers um I think that you know obviously we have better coaching obviously who have a better culture Obviously, who have better weapons around him? You have Marlon Mack, you have um, Ty Ty Hilton, you have those guys on the outside. But um, don't be surprised if it gets intercepted before the play starts. That's just all I'm gonna say about this game. But I have the Colts beating the Jaguars. Um, we have the Raiders and the Panthers. Um, the Raiders and the Panthers. We have um, Brett uh, Bridgewater and we have Christian McCaffrey. Um, so basically that's going to be all on McCaffrey in the running game. Obviously Derek Carr is having an emotional year again where he's tired of being disrespected. He's going to put on a show. He's going to be this MVP that he once was, was, um, as far as a candidate. I believe that Derek Carr will have a better season. He doesn't have no other choice. I think there's immense pressure. You have this starting quarterback and Mara Mariota, who I don't think is a, is a starting quarterback in this league. But the conversations of you might losing your starting job and, and another quarterback coming in and might take it over for you. You have a guy from Alabama and Henry Ruggs. You still have um a guy a guy who came into a real good rookie season and Josh Jacobs, who I believe is also from Alabama. So there's a lot of weapons that they've given you. Their defense has improved some. So I go with the Oakland Raiders in this game. Derek Carr has immense pressure. He knows that he has to just put up or shut up because it's been the same thing every single year of him being this MVP, MVP player. Them got them. They coming into the playoffs. I will say that they had a decent year last year, but Derek Carr, you signed $140 million, and this is how far you got to go. You got a great coach in John Gruden, so hopefully they can um, make something happen with the Raiders. Um, And then we have the Bears and the Lions. Um, I also believe that the Lions had a pretty good draft as well. I don't remember who they picked up. And then you have the Chicago Bears. Common sense, um, if you're Matt Nagy, let's stop trying to paint this and walk over Lily type of picture. Mitchell Trubisky is not a starting quarterback. He is not a starting quarterback. I don't know where people get these quarterbacks from. I know that he came from North Carolina, but I don't I don't understand. Nick Foles is a NFL champion. I understand the culture and the connection we had with Eagles. Otherwise, other teams that he has been with has not been successful. He was with the Jacksonville Jaguars for one. And for two, you have a Chicago Bears team who who has a great, hungry, and aggressive defense. You have some decent wide receivers that can be able to make plays, but it's good enough to work with. And if you have Nick Foles, who's championship, you have somebody coming in there that's winning, that has championship experience, and you have a great coach in Matt Nagy, which I'm sorry, Matt Nagy, you could be the coach of the year all you want to, but you're not going to be able to do as much as you want with a Mitchell Trubisky who has an issue throwing the football. So you're going to have to go with Nick Foles. I would have Nick Foles starting. If you start Nick Foles, you're going to beat the Lions. If you start Mitchell Trubisky, you're going to lose to the Lions. That's how I feel. So I have the Bears winning against the Lions. I do believe that Nick Foles will start. Um, And then we have the Seahawks against the Falcons. The Falcons, the Falcons, the Falcons. Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley, um, 
you have all of those good um, wide receivers and Cavarelli, and now that you have still Julio Jones, who's still in the top of his shape and still one of the top wide receivers in the league, um, I believe that I have the Seahawks in this. Um, I just feel like the Falcons' def- defense is just subliminal. It's, it's, it's handicapped, and I have the Seahawks winning that game as well. Okay, then we have the Dolphins and the Patriots. Um, I have the Patriots winning this game, but I believe that this game will be ironically close. Um, Cam Newton will be the starting quarterback. Um, I will be excited for him just being able to play, but I'm not going to be real interested in that game particularly. But I do have the Patriots beating them. I just believe that Cam Newton and this offense is going to be um, orchestrated and constructed around him since he's more of a mobile quarterback. And obviously to see how his arm is and far as how healthy he is with his shoulder, hopefully that he can be able to do some things um, that they wouldn't be able to do with Tom Brady. So that's going to be interesting as well. Um then we have the Chargers and the Bengals. Um, I, I um, it's two rookie quarterbacks against each other. You have the guy from Oregon, and you have Joe Burrow. I have the Bengals beating the Chargers. Um, I want to see Joe Burrow. They said he looks really great in camp. Um, but also you still have a great Chargers defense. But it's gonna. I think the Chargers will be pretty decent if that quarterback can deliver. It's mostly dependent on these quarterbacks because. You know, you still have A.J. Green. You still have Mixon. You still have some pretty good wide receivers. And your defense is pretty pretty, pretty decent. So it's going to be real interesting to see what the Bengals can do. I don't see them going as as successful. I can see it being 50-50, 8-8, or something lesser than that. But I still want to be seeing what Joe Barry can do in his first game. Um, we have the Cardinals against the 49ers. DeAndre Hopkins and Kyler Murray. I do believe that this will be able to expand the defense against Kyler Murray because of how explosive he is with his legs. Um, I do believe that this will be great for the Cardinals, but I still have questions about the Cardinals offensive line because he keeps running around and doing all of that when it's unnecessary. Now that you have another great wide out, but now you don't have just Larry Fitzgerald. Um, you have Ken and Drake. Now you have um, DeAndre Hopkins. So that, to me, is going to be very interesting. Um, so let's let's um, let's let's see about that. But I do have the 49ers against the Cardinals. Um, I have the winning by like two touchdowns by 14 points or something like that. Um, I definitely feel like the 49ers are just going to be real humble now. I wouldn't be surprised if the 49ers will go back. I know there's going to be a lot of pressure on Jimmy G, um, but um, the 49ers will win that game, but that's going to be a pretty interesting game. And then we have the game of the day. We have the Buccaneers and the Saints. This is the anticipated game of all games. I'll say the Cleveland Browns and the Ravens, and I would say probably the Cardinals and the 49ers. But other than that, I'm going to have to say the most interesting game of today will probably be the Buccaneers and the Saints. You have Tampa Bay with their extraordinary offense. You have a great coach in Bruce Arians. You just signed at Laura Fournette. You have Mike Evans. You have Gronkowski. You have all of these great weapons. Your defense is pretty pretty decent. So I have the Buccaneers winning against the Saints, but it's going to be very interesting because the Saints are at playing at home. So this is just going to be real, real exciting 
to watch. It's going to be a little different since there's going to be no fans. But because, um, you know, when you're playing against the New Orleans, Saint, New Orleans Saints, it's not going to be that much um, hectic or it's not going to be that much um, horrifying when you come against that um, type of team in their stadium. So without those fans, I do see that the Buccaneers can come in and win. So I have the Buccaneers as well. Um, and then we have uh, the Cowboys and the L.A. Rams. The Cowboys should win tonight. Um, I just don't believe in Jared Goff. Um, I think that ever since that Super Bowl, I think that that has been an effect. Since like just like the Eagles, their whole organization went down. The free agency went down. Now y'all giving Jalen Ramsey a hundred five million dollars, and 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 so I just believe that they're just going full on relying on their defense, um, and relying on play action. The Cowboys should win this game. You have C D Lamb. You have, um, you have C D Lamb. You have um. Uh, um, Omar Cooper, you have Ezekiel Elliott, you still have a great offensive line, you still have a pretty good defense. I have the Cowboys beating the Rams. And then Monday, we have the Steelers and we have the Giants. My Pittsburgh Steelers, they're going to beat the Giants. Um, our defense has improved. Ben Big Roethlisberger has come back. Um, they said that he's looked a little bit better in shape, which he's barely has been his whole career. But it's going to be interesting. I'm assuming that Juju Smith-Schuster is going to humble himself as being a number one wide receiver. I know that it's tough for him, but he's going to have to step up to the plate that he's been asking for since Antonio Brown is no longer there. Um, the only question I have with the, our Pittsburgh Steelers is our running game. John's, John, James Conner is not reliable. Um, he's always hurt. And I almost have to say the same thing about Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, he's very talented, but he has been very hurt lately. He's been coming with concussions, with leg injuries. So hopefully they're 100% healthy and they're ready to go. And then you have the the Titans um, against the Broncos. Um, Bob Miller is more likely to be out for the rest of the season. Um, but you do have... Um, a great wide receiver from Alabama, um, and you have a great um, running back, and then you have the quarterback as well. I would say that would be a close game as well, but I do have the Titans. Um, Derrick Henry, his running game. Then you just signed a Javion Clowney, so that improves your defense. Um, so I have the Titans beating the Broncos, but that is going to be my picks for week one. Like I said, the most anticipated games that I will probably watch will probably be the Browns and the Ravens, and then it will be the Buccaneers and the Saints. Those are probably my top tier games. And just because of the Kansas City Chiefs and their offense, I already know the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna win. But it's just good to see that Patrick Mahomes and that uh offensive uh Megatron they have on that end. It's gonna be interesting to see that again. But those are my picks for the NFL. Um like I said tonight, Houston Rockets, this is a must win for you. You don't win tonight, you're gonna lose in five games and is gonna to have to come down to a Jesus meeting where we're gonna to have to have this we're gonna to have to sit and we're gonna to have to um talk to Mike Daytonia and say, Hey, these are how many years we've been giving you opportunities. We've been to the playoffs, we've been to the Western Conference Finals, and we still have not been to a championship. You have James Harden, who's one of the most unstoppable uh guards in the league in some way, somehow, 
You can't get double teams off of him. You have Russell Westbrook, who's one of the most energetic, fast guys in the league. Some way, somehow, you're going to have to get in his head that, yeah, you have come off injuries. Yeah, we have to battle. Yeah, we have to battle. But you're going to have to do your game. You're going to have to come in. You're going to have to attack the paint. You can't just shoot jump shots, and you can't start from the three-point line. You have to look past your insecurities. You have to look past all of that, and you got to be able to do what you do, which is attack the basket, get your best score, pressure off of him so he could do his own thing, and then also have Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker, Coverton, House, and Austin Rivers and those guys get involved. But that's just my quick take on this weekend. Um, like I said, I have the Chiefs tonight. And actually, um, with the Texas and Chiefs, they'll have around about 17,000 fans that will be in attendance. So it will be good that we will see some fans there. Um, Pretty much they'll spread out. But um, that's my take on tonight. Houston Rockets must win tonight or they will be bounced out. And the Houston Texans will lose against the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, And I'm just ready to see this matchup again. Um, that is my take on tonight. I hope that y'all enjoy the rest of your day and this week. All righty, welcome back to the Life of the Game podcast. My name is Tamia, um, your host. I hope everybody is having a blessed week so far. Um, I know that you're probably shocked about how the NFL turned out. I know that you're probably shocked about how the NBA last night went. Um, I'm not going to lie. I was pretty sure that I said that Miami would probably go to the finals. Um, I was suspecting that the Clippers would go to the finals. I thought those were two very tough teams who um, can go at it at each other. Um, I was hoping that LeBron James would not win his championship. I still believe that the Miami can beat the Lakers. I think Bam Bam, Olenek, and Jimmy Butler and those guys, they have a lot of shooters. They have a deep bench, and I think they can match with what the Lakers have. So I'm pretty sure that I would say that the Lakers and Miami Heat will be in the playoffs. I just believe that um, with the Boston Celtics and Miami Heat, the Miami Heat, are just they just have this will to win, and they're never too comfortable. And out of all the other teams that are in the playoffs right now have had experiences of getting too comfortable. Um, We have seen the Miami Heat go down 15, 20 points, but they just just don't quit. They just don't give up. Um, We have seen them play against the Bucs. Of course, the Bucs was going to give it everything they have. Of course, Chris Middleton is going to try to be the player that he should have been. Now you're worried if um, Giannis is going to stay with you or not. So you have those different things going on. And as far as um, with the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics game last night, Jason Tatum has 30 points. Um, You're going to have to get help from Jalen Brown. Um, I know Kimball Walker, he had a decent night. Um, but he's going to, they're going to have, he's going to have to get help. I know Marcus Smart, he's been playing, um, very good basketball. I think he's one of the most underrated players as far as in this bubble. Um, he just won all time defensive team, um, which is, which I think is great, but I do honestly think that, um, that these, these players, um, I, I've said it before, and I'll say it again if I haven't said it in the beginning. If you haven't watched the first couple of episodes, I have said 
low management is going to be an issue. It's going to be affecting the coaching and it's going to be able to affect. When you give these players too much power, I know they're making 30 or $40 million. I know that they're making these owners billions of dollars. I know they have the luxury of this bubble where they get nice cuts and they get um, they get this. They say that to, to them it might be Cracker Barrel or it might be Golden Corral food, but it might just be a, a four a, a four or a five-star restaurant, not to their expectations, but it's still pretty good food. The, the, this is my issue. These, these, these NBA players are just too spoiled. They're just too spoiled. I think Kawhi Leonard has been spoiled throughout his career. I'm not going to sit here and say Kawhi Leonard is not one of the top 10 best best players in the NBA. I think people like, once again, the media and everything likes to get immediate reaction on every last single thing. Do I think this is going to be a historic bad performance that's going to be a stain on his legacy? Of course. But let's not act like LeBron James, even though he has good good um records as far as playing well in game sevens, he lost in five games. He lost in four games. We can say, oh, he's played against Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. But if you are the GOAT and if you have Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, it shouldn't have just been one championship. It should have been multiple. And I feel like it's, it's just that people have these unrealistic expectations. And I feel like it's mostly the players that put it on themselves. When you're LeBron James and you claim that you're the best player in the world, congratulations, you might have a possibility you have a better chance of winning this year your fourth uh, ring. This is going to look perfect. This is going to be a beautiful uh, a beautiful pamphlet or beautiful on the newspapers. Uh, we've seen what's been going on through L.A. You lost Nipsey Hussle. Now you lost Kobe Bryant and Gigi. Rest in peace to all of them. And then you bring a championship to this city that hasn't had a championship in a long time. You was out of the playoffs last year. We're not going to we're not going to forget that that they was out of the playoffs last year. That in the first round or the second round, LeBron James got out out of, out of the playoffs, but he was hurt due to his own groin injury. But I'm not going to say no more about that. But I'm just saying that. We have we have to do better as far as these expectations on these players. I'm 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 dead serious. When you're when when you're this almost like you're spoiling a child, and sometimes it could be me. When you spoil a child long enough, and you give them what they want, and it and it's cute for a good cute minute, and then when you keep going on and on and on, eventually, when it's time to hit the floor, and when it when it, when all those times where you was where you was shadowed or you was hold back. This is the moment where you need to be like, nah, this is not going to work out. And I felt like Doc Rivers has spoiled Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I understand Paul George had injuries. All of a sudden, he had that pretty bad game. I know depression is real. I'm not going to sit here and put push that to a side. But he had the ice on his shoulder. And Kawhi Leonard, he's been in and out with this mystery injury that has never been confirmed by any doctors or by his agents or anybody in the facility. It's just been this under going thing that he's been going on throughout his career with the surgery with his knee and you know we appreciate we we like the fact that you played through injuries we we look at him as like the Jordan when he had that flu and he still dropped 50 points yes that's cool but it's gonna hurt in the end and it's going and it's going and it's hurting them and it's hurting them right now it's hurting the Clippers right now
Chemistry is when you continue to work with each other. Chemistry is when you continue to have relations with each other. I am honestly telling you right now that um, I'm honestly telling you right now that this is this 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 is not going to only hurt Kawhi. No matter where he goes, it's going to hurt him if he continues to do this. So I I personally don't think that he should have left Toronto. You I I feel like this is when greed kind of bites you in the butt. Because you went, you went, yes, you're a free agent and you can make all the choices and make all the decisions you want to. You can make all the money you want. But Kawhi Leonard ended up hurting himself after he left Toronto. Yes, you lost Dan the Green, but you still have Van Fleet. You still, uh, Agamute. You still have Pascal Siakam. Um, you still had Kyle Lowry, which I think Kyle Lowry is far in the playoffs. He has, he has improved tremendously. But uh, while Kawhi Leonard was there, and ever since Kawhi Leonard left, Kyle Lowry has been one of those guys or those guards to me where I don't understand the hype. I don't understand why he's always in the All-Stars. I don't understand that stuff. But because we praise uh, uh, scoring points and we praise him for doing flashy stuff, he was still in the football. He was hustling. He was, even though it was unnecessary, he was trying to get the ball by flopping. But... What you you had a great coach in Nick Nurse. You had a great city in Toronto. I know Kawhi Leonard is a grown man, and L.A. was his home. Paul George and him was talking it out for a long time, but I honestly felt like Kawhi Leonard he should he should have never left Toronto. I think Toronto could have been his legacy. I don't think that his legacy is is permanently over. I don't think his career is over. But I honestly think that if he would have just stayed with Toronto, that it would have been fine. I felt like they had enough cap space to let Dan Green go. Obviously, you know, Pascal Siakam, he hasn't played as a great in this playoffs. And... You know, it's coming down to him getting paid, and they don't know if they should pay him the max contract or not due to his inconsistency. So you could have kept Kawhi Leonard. You already had chemistry. You immediately had chemistry with the Toronto Raptors. Everything was looking immediately great. Everything looking in place. And when you just try to hop on and try to gather a whole bunch of flashy stuff and don't know how to put it together, it's just a whole bunch of separate flashy stuff. So, yes, Marcus Morris is this tough dude. Yes, Patrick Beverly is this great defender. Yes, Paul George can give you 25 to 30 a night. But it just don't fit. I don't believe Kawhi Leonard fits with the Clippers. I honestly don't. You could say the team is perfect right now, but I honestly feel like they can work it out. They can sort it out. But Doc Rivers got to stop being – Doc Rivers can't put on the front and claim that he's tough and he's this guy that's just going to be up front and say, blame me. No, we should blame you because you you low-managed Kawhi Leonard. Everybody has low-managed Kawhi Leonard, and it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Toronto, you might have got away with it. San Antonio, might, you might got away with it. But when you have that amount of pressure and when you have that much responsibility as a superstar on that team, you can't do that. You can't low manage. You can't do that. And I feel like this, I feel like low management is an issue. 
It is an issue. If you're not having a serious injury, if you're not having a serious illness, if you're not having a family emergency, this is your job. Kawhi Leonard has never came out. He always have said in his interviews, oh, if I would have played these amounts of games, I would have never played in the playoffs. Just give us a straight up answer and tell us what your injury is. Because we all think that you're just cutting out and cheating for the playoffs. And we know that the playoffs matter. And we know that the playoffs is, is very a high intense, different from the regular season. But that does not excuse you from playing. It does not. I'm not going to sit here and beat Kawhi Leonard up. I do think that he did not put on a great performance. He was 6 for 22. Paul George has been Paul George. And if you're going to say all of that, you need to back it up. And Paul George, you're just a pretty good player. You're just a pretty good player. I'm not going to say he's this, this, this superstar. I think he's just a pretty good all-star. He's above average all-star. He has the potential. He has the talent. But it does never happen. So, Jamal Murray has been great. Um, I thought I honestly thought the Denver Nuggets did not have no more energy after they played um, in the series before. Um, I didn't think they have no energy. So to see them now do that again compared to the last series um, is very telling and it's very impressive because um, the Utah Jazz, I wasn't too big on the Utah Jazz because of Donovan Mitchell, but because of the Don- Donovan Mitchell performances, it made the Utah Jazz more suitable to win. Um, and now Jamal Murray, I believe that he's going against a better defensive team. Um, I do believe that, you know, I do see a box one or some type of defense like that on Jamal Murray and making other guys step up. So I honestly believe Michael Porter. Um, I do agree that you need to pass the ball around, but Jamal Murray did score 40 points and I'm pretty sure they're going to try to double team him and try to get him at the top and they're going to try to get Jokic too. So Michael Porter Jr., I believe that this is your time to shine. I believe this is the prayer that you've been answered. I do believe that you should um I believe that you should um get the ball more because it's gonna take a whole team effort to beat the Lakers because what we see from the Lakers, we're not just seeing Anthony Davis and LeBron James. We're seeing Ron John Rondo. We're seeing more better shot selection for Danny Green. Um we're seeing uh better contributions and better hustling plays by Kyle Kuzma. So it's gonna take a whole team effort for the Denver Nuggets to win this series. I don't believe it's just gonna be just Jamal Murray and just the Joker. I do believe it's gonna have to be um uh Grant is gonna have to be Paul Millsap. It's gonna um it's good to see Harris and Craig and those guys come back in that could be great defensively. Um I do believe it's gonna take a amount of effort. I do see this being a really good series. I can possibly see this going to six or seven games. I don't see this going to five or going to four. I don't believe they would get swept, but I will believe that the Lakers will win the first game. Um because even though that the Denver Nuggets are still going to get rest, Lakers have more rest. 
And I believe with the Clippers coming to the seven games, that's what the Lakers had advantage over them is rest. And, you know, LeBron James and Anthony Davis and that team is just sitting back chilling. You know, he's in his year 17. He's getting rest. He's getting benefit. Everybody that's been benefiting the most from these series has been LeBron James. Um, either way, he would have got rest. Either way, he would have got prepared for either one of these teams. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, I have the Lakers in six or seven. I'm really debating on if six or seven is going to depend on the first game. Um, I believe it's going to be the similar thing against the Clippers. Um, it's going to look like the Lakers are going to sweep Denver Nuggets. They should, but they probably won't because Jamal Murray some way, somehow still finds a way to have these explosive offensive nights, dropping 50, 60, and 40 points. And he had another historic night last night. So I do see that this game, this series can go to six or seven games. I don't see it going any less than six. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it just went to six. Um, but this team is tough. I think people are under uh, – there's a lot of underdogs in this series right now. I don't believe people was expecting the Miami Heat to be this far. I, I don't believe that people expected the Denver Nuggets to go this far. We knew the typical thing. It was going to be the Denver Nuggets against the 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 – the Utah Jazz, and after that, it's just going to go home to whoever they're playing, and they end up playing the Clippers. And I'm going to be honest, I said it, <coughs> I'm sorry, in the beginning, I was more concerned about the Clippers against the Mavericks than I was about the Lakers against the Trailblazers because due to Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and the Blazers' history as far as in the playoffs and not playing defense, I said the only way they can beat the Lakers if they outscore them. And we're looking at the same situation with the with the Clippers and the Mavericks. I said the Clippers and the Mavericks, you know, if Chris Porzingis was not in and out of the lineup, if Luka had more help from other players, I do believe that the Clippers could have gotten beaten by the Mavericks. I mean, it went to seven games. All of their games have been going to seven games. All the series has been going to seven games. So I do believe that the Clippers have had a tougher road. I know they had a tougher mission to accomplish with these teams, but it's just no excuse to be 6 for 22. And once again, you got to be careful for what you ask for. And I think Kawhi Leonard was trying to ask for too much when he had enough right where he was in Toronto. Uh, you have Kyle Lowry, you have Pascal Siakam, you have Van Fleet, um, you have Serge Ibaka, you have Marc Gasol. You have size, you still have toughness, you still have a great coach, and the chemistry automatically clicked in Toronto. And if you look right now, Milwaukee Bucks are Milwaukee Bucks. They can't figure out what to do in the playoffs. The Boston Celtics are the Boston Celtics, but you still had size advantage over them, and you could have been the closer for that for that for that team. Um, you had the only team that I believe that you had to worry about is Miami, Miami Heat because they could match the exact same thing. They have shooters. They have toughness. They have size. Boston Celtics, they do not have size. They have more faster guards who play better defense. So, of course, but, but I believe in the finals is going to be Miami against the Lakers. And I have Miami in seven. I believe Jimmy Butler, he's going to have to score or he's going to have to be a bigger contributor than what he's perceived to be right now. But I honestly think that Miami can win it all. 
I think they've been the underdogs throughout this whole season before this uh, coronavirus, and I think that they're the underdogs in this playoffs. I, I don't think anybody anticipated them to win like this. I, I, I said I said out of my own head, I said Jimmy Butler, he's not really that guy. He can give you 20 points or he can give you 30 or 40 points, but he but he just he just sits back and just plays basketball and he's one of the most unselfish um basketball players in the NBA right now. To be able to be that kind of star, to be able to get paid that kind of money and know your role and know other players' roles and all you care about is winning and some way somehow you have the leadership and the toughness to get in those other young guys' heads to continue to compete, that's the ultimate leader. If there was a leader award, I would give it to Jimmy Butler. Because some way, somehow, you have gotten your t- you you have gone to Miami Heat. You have Pat Riley. You have Eric Spolstra. You have these rookies. You have Jay Crowder. You have Duncan Robinson. You ha- you have all of these rookies, and they're 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 going deep into the playoffs, and they're playing like this. It takes great coaching. It takes a great culture, and I believe it takes a great leader. And they have all three. They have a great culture with Pat Riley. They have a great coach with Eric Spelosha, and then they have a great leader in Jimmy Butler. And I think that's going to be the ultimate recipe for them going to the championship, which is why I believe that even last night Boston should have won. That just lets me know that Miami shouldn't have shouldn't have even won last night. Miami has a lot of games. In these playoffs where they shouldn't win, but because of their toughness and because of their coaching, they're always going to be in those games. So I would look out for Miami Heat in the finals. I do believe that Jason Tatum um, deserves a max contract. He has a lot of potential. Um, he has shown a lot of consistency throughout the playoffs. He showed that he could be a very good player. Um, but I just truly don't believe that all that Miami Heat is right now. Is just is just is just way more tougher, and I believe that Eris Belosha, um has championship experience, and I believe that he will outcoach Bradley Stevens. Um, so let's also talk about the simple fact of what was going on, um, as far as the NFL. Um, let's first start with my Pittsburgh Steelers. I was very impressed with Big Ben. Um, I believe in the first or second quarter, I was like, man, I hope that we don't lose to the Giants. But I had to wait it out for a while. Um, I truly believe, like I said before, I said Juju Smith-Schuster, he's gonna, he, he has to be this number one wide receiver and he has to show up. That game that he played against the New Orleans Saints where he just completely fumbled and just completely crumbled, he can't do that if we're trying to make a playoff run. I'm going to tell you that right now. But you have these young guys in Washington. You have these young guys and 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 Claypool um uh, from Notre Dame um you have a lot of young young cats in the wide receiver position and I think all of them are very underrated and I think all of them are pretty good wide receivers and a pretty good option and I think due to the the great seasons and the good seasons that the wide receivers had with the 8 and 8 record um and especially Johnson as well I think having all of those guys I think having all of those guys and then having Juju who's coming back healthy, I hope that the only question I have about the Pittsburgh Steelers is the offensive line because to protect the quarterback and prevent him from having any injuries, you have to have protection. And Big Ben is almost 40 years old. 
We keep having guys in and out of our offensive line lineup. And this is the only thing that's troubling me. I don't have no problem with our defense. I believe that James Conner, he's injury prone. And every time I see him on the field, some way, somehow, our offense and our running game is not clicking. I think that James Conner needs to go. I think that Snell from Kentucky, I think that he's a really good runner. He's very explosive and he has great vision. I think that's think that uh the the young core that we have in the wide receivers position they're not these great uh they're not these antonio browns out of the sixth or fifth round but they're good wide receivers and they're good steals and i believe our defense is 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 legit i think that you know we still need to work on our defense as far as zones and not being beaten so bad down the field because last year has improved and has been very good and one of the top five defenses. I still feel like as far as the deep threats that we that we have faced, like Odell and those guys last year, we giving them too many big plays and we give up. We we don't we don't give up like the runs. We don't give up like the short passes and and be able to you run all over the field. But we do some way somehow have a habit of breaking down those big plays down the field. And I think that we just still need to have better at our coverages. And at our safeties and our corners, I still believe that Joe Hayden, he's a he's a good good corner. Um, Fitzpatrick, I think he's pretty good. He um had an award last year, but I still feel like we need to be better as far as our deep coverages. But I think as far as in general, I think that Pittsburgh Steelers is going to have another successful season. And also, I've been saying it before, and I'm gonna say it again. Mike Tomlin, he needs to be up that all time great coach. The Andy Reeds, the 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 Bill Belichick's, the Sean Paytons. I mean, let's not be disrespectful here. Let's not be disrespectful here. Mike Tomlin is one of the all-time great coaches. He has never had a losing record ever. You had two quarterbacks when you had to pray one won't throw an interception more than the other one, and we still got into the playoffs eight and eight. And now you have a a, a old guy and Big Ben. Who I pray and hope that he will have a healthy season, and it's 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 really and he's he's been training, he's been working hard a lot, and it's real good to see him. We played against the Giants, we played against a rookie coach. Yes, we played against a a, a young defense. Yes, you have played against a Daniel Jones and a Saquon Barkley, who still somewhat ain't been clicking. But I am going to be positive about this because the way I'm not looking at the New York Giants, I'm just looking at how we look as a whole. And we finally look like a complete team. But I'm still having questions about our offensive line and the protection of Big Ben because if we want to make a run, he's got to be in our quarterback position. And we have to have a healthy offensive line to take less pressure off of him as far as throwing the football by running the football. And I think our starting running back should be Snell from Kentucky. I don't believe in James Carter. I think James Conner, he's he's an injury-prone roller back. And I think that he, 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 he should not have the starting running back job the next game. Um, so let's look at some other games. Um, I did see... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Alvin Kamara and the Saints. Um, I wasn't too impressed with either team. I felt like that was more of a defensive game. Um, Tom Brady is Tom Brady. He's gonna figure it out. Um, but I'm not. I'm not gonna be shocked if they have a winning record. Um, I do believe that it's gonna have to take time. Um, he's in a new system. 
Um, but he's holding himself to a standard where he can learn things and get things overnight. But um, in this situation, um, you're playing against a deeper conference. You're not playing. You're, you're you're playing against a deeper conference. You're not playing against the Chargers. You're not playing against the Titans. You're playing against the New Orleans Saints. You're playing against a deeper conference. So he's gonna have to be um, more assertive. But this is just the first game. I'm not gonna go all into pieces. They have good. Um, wide receivers. I think Mike Evans did not have a great game as well. He lot of, he had a lot of drop passes. Now they're saying that he might have an injury, but I still believe that you know you have enough offensive pieces. You still have good tight ends. You still have uh, other deep threats as well. You still have lit, um, Fournette and those other guys. It's just gonna take time. But you if you if Tom Brady wants to make a run for the Super Bowl, he needs to do that quickly. Um. And what's another thing um, that's going on right now in the NFL? There has been reports that um, Cleveland is looking forward to trading Odell Beckham, which I have also said as well that if um, Odell Beckham does not get the targets that he wants, when he had that interview with Cam Newton and when he had the interview with Todd Gurley, I specifically said out of my own mouth, that if Odell Beckham does not get his targets, and if he does not get his touchdowns, if he does not get his statistics, he's going to want to leave, and he wants to get out. And, you know, he wants to be Jerry Rice, and he wants to be Randy Moss, and he wants to have these numbers, which I don't believe that he will get those numbers. But if he wants to have some type of success and have the same thing that he had in his rookie years, you're not going to get it in Cleveland. I believe that Baker Mayfield is the problem. And I'm not saying that Odell should. I'm not saying that they should trade Odell because Odell is the problem. I'm saying that you should trade Odell Beckham because he gonna want to be traded. Jarvis Landry and him can meet up anytime. They could be best friends over the phone on Facetime. I think that that, that Odell Beckham he is very egoistic. He he's very well driven and he's very competitive. And I don't think friends and I don't think Baker Mayfield and him off the field is gonna keep him with Cleveland. I just don't. I just don't. The, the 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 two teams that I can see him working with right now, um, is probably the uh, uh Las Vegas Raiders, because you know Henry Ruggs he got a little injury or whatever. You need to keep a look on that. Um, they don't really have nobody outside. They only have Josh Jacobs and Derek Carr. He he has something to prove as well. I and John Gruden, who's a guy who's very good with the playbook. Um, I believe. That he that those will be places for him to go. I believe that he would love Las Vegas, and I also think that why not him play with Cam Newton? Um, I honestly think that Cam Newton that running game is going to be cute for a good minute, but he just came off of injuries. He's just coming off a hundred percent healthy. Um, I know that you have the luxury of using what Cam Newton is good at is running at the football, but you also have to look at the fact of his due to his history and you don't want to beat his beat his body to the point where he having the most issues is throwing so you need to be able to exercise by using his arm because eventually down the playoffs and eventually down fighting for a playoff spot teams are going to use that against him and is going to find ways to take out the running game and him to rely on the passer game when you're looking at the passer game who do he really has other than julia elderman he really don't have nobody, so it will be nice to see a diva with a D, a diva wide receiver with a diva quarterback in a very restricted and a very profound organization, which is the New England Patriots.
if you have Odell Beckham and you have Cam Newton running ability and Michelle and those guys in the backfield, that can really open some things up for Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick as well. So I think that Odell best spot would be in New England or would be with the Las Vegas Raiders. I pretty much don't see him anywhere else. Um, I'm I'm trying to think off the top of my head exactly where Odell can go. Um, I think Las Vegas Raiders, I think Henry Ruggs is a great wide receiver, but he's already having injuries, which is questionable. Um, and, you know, he's always been in a position where it's been uh, questionable quarterbacks, uh, whether they come off an injury or whether they're about to retire or whether they're in my prime. I think, I think Derek Carr he is in his prime, and he needs to make a statement for himself. I think Cam Newton, he's trying to make a statement for himself. He has the coach. He has the culture for it. Derek Carr, he's got John Gruden. He has the. He's starting to build a culture for it. Those are the only two teams I can see Odell in, to be honest with you. I really don't see him with no other team. I really don't see nowhere else. I really don't. Um, I would like to see him in Green Bay. Body behind him to take his place. He's just reminding y'all once again that I'm still me. I'm still here. And um, you have Devontae. Adams, you have Lazard, you have Scantling, but I would really truly believe you got Aaron Jones in the backfield, and you have Odell and Devontae Adams. They definitely can make a play. Uh, their their defense is suspect, but we have seen suspect defenses, and really this is an offensive driven game. And if you could just make a couple of stops, it will be well worth it. You don't have to be a great defensive team; you just have to be able to make stops. Or limit the other team's possessions. But it would be nice to see him with the Green Bay Packers. Um, but I don't know if that's going to work. But I do see him with the Green Bay Packers of Los Angeles. And people are saying with the Texans. But the way Bill O'Brien is, he just... You just pay this guy this much amount of money. Then you um sign a deal with David Johnson. And then you have Brandon Cooks and those and Randall Cobb. So I think the Texans, they'll be decent. Um, it would be nice to see Deshaun Watson throwing the Odell Beckham down the field. But um, there is a, a quite a few teams. So I, I've said the Texans, but that's unlikely to happen because I'd be surprised if Bill O'Brien is going to – he's already removed DeAndre Hopkins – it would make sense if he replaced him with Odell Beckham if that was some contracts going on. But Odell Beckham is still going to be making 16 to $15 million next year. So you have the Texans, uh, the Packers. People say the Eagles, but if I'm an Odell Beckham, I don't want to go to the Eagles. Carson Wentz is just not looking like Carson Wentz. He's always hurt. Of course, they brought in Jalen Hurts. But your offensive line is out out of it, so you're basically going to be in the same position that you wasn't before with Baker Mayfield. Um, uh, the Seahawks. 
But they pretty much got a thing going on between Lockett and DK Metcalf. Um, 49ers, but Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not really feeling Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a, a better quarterback than these other quarterbacks. But, no, if Odell Beckham wants to... I'm telling you, if Odell Beckham want a real good quarterback, he might want to go with Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, and even his friend Cam Newton. Um, but I really don't see any other teams that he could go to and be successful at. I definitely don't think he's going to be successful. I've said it that before. It's going to be the same thing as last year. It's going to be woulda, coulda, shoulda. We have the team. We have the pieces. We're just working. We're just putting things together. Um, It's just the process. No, Odell, you can't fool me. I could look right through your face on the on that interview, and you're not happy. You're not happy, and you and you and and it's good that you're being positive, and it's good that you're that you're trying to do the best you can. But we all know what type of wide receiver you are. We all know what type of we. You said it out of your own mouth. You 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 done died. You said it yourself. You dyed your hair back blonde. Um, you you you're back. So that means that you you're not feeling sorry for what you say about what you want and what you want is numbers. And I'm sorry, Baker Mayfield and you and guys, y'all can have beers and y'all can watch uh Hulu live sports and y'all can do all of these commercials and all of that stuff. That's cute, but you're not gonna get a Jerry Rice numbers with a Baker Mayfield. I'm sorry. I don't think this is a Kevin Stefanski problem. I don't think this is an O-line problem. I have been saying it, and I'm going to say it again. This pressure is not going to be on Odell Beckham. The pressure is going to be ultimately on Baker Mayfield because you have the offensive line. Yes, you have a new coach, but, the I mean, you can't even throw simple passes. I know some of them Odell Beckham has dropped, which I think Odell Beckham, he still can be a good wide receiver in the little football league, but I don't think he's going to be as explosive as he used to be. But I'm 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 not I'm not I'm not big on him being with Cleveland. I'm not. I think that he needs to be with the Patriots, the Texans, or the Packers. Um I think it will help Aaron Rodgers. Um, because they're going to take Devontae Adams out and you're going to have to rely on those other wide receivers who I don't know for right now if they're reliable. You're going to have to have another guy that can spread the football out who can get that defense off pressure off of you. And then on top of that, you have Aaron Jones, who's your good running back, who had a great year last year. He had one of the most, um, one of, one of the most touchdowns. So I'm, 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 I'm not feeling, I'm not feeling, Odell in Cleveland. I think he wants to get out, and he should want to get out. He should want to get out. Jarvis Landry is going to be his guy. Nick Chubb and and Kareem Hunt, they're going to run the football. And you're just not going to get all those flashy plays. You're just not. So I think he probably needs to go to New England. Cause you don't have no wide receiver. He he wants to be, he wants to be the number one wide receiver, and right now he's just a number one distraction for everybody else. 
so everybody else can get open. So they open their running game. So they open Jarvis Landry up. I don't think Odell Beckham is going to be Odell Beckham in Cleveland. I just don't see it happening. And I'm sure he would love to go to Las Vegas. I'm sure he would love to go to New England with Cam Newton. I am sure that he loves to go to Wisconsin, even Wisconsin. Packers and cheese, crackers and cheese. I, I know that he will be happy to play with Aaron Rodgers and play with Devontae Adams. I just know he would. So I, I if I was him, I would want to get out. Um, so that is my that is my input on that. Um I mean we could look at the other games that's coming on um this coming up Sunday. We have the Bengals and Browns. Once again, if the Browns lose against the Bengals, um that's 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 very telling. Um, the Giants and the Bears. I have the Bears beating the Giants. Um, I have the L.A. Rams against the Eagles. I think that's Eagles defense coming after Carson Wentz. And due to your lack of protection from the offensive line and him not being accurate with his passes, that's going to be a lot of turnover. So I have the Rams um, against the Eagles. Um, the Falcons against the Cowboys. I believe that would be a good game. But I have the Cowboys winning that. Um, I think that they need to be more explosive offensively. We have the Panthers and the Buccaneers. I have the Buccaneers. I think it's going to be a redemption. Obviously, um, the Buccaneers had great defense, so they're going to make Teddy Bridgewater throw the football more to give it to Christian McCaffrey, even though they will put him in a wide receiver slot. I would have the Buccaneers winning that. We have the 49ers and we have the Jets. Of course, the 49ers will beat the Jets. Um, we have the Broncos against the Steelers. Um, this will be interesting, but I believe um, their defense, they had a lot of defense out the window. Um, your best defensive player involved, Miller, he's hurt. So I believe that will give us um, some breathing room offensively. So I have my Steelers against the Broncos, even though that offense um, looks pretty um, impressive. Um, you have the Jaguars against the Titans. Um, the Jaguars should have beat the Colts. It was because of Phillip Rivers, so that's no shot to me. I have the Titans going against the Jaguars. Um, we had the Lions, and then we have the Green Bay Packers. The Lions look pretty decent. Um, the Green Bay Packers, they've been going off the road. I was really surprised about them beating the Vikings. I have the Packers against the Lions. Um, we have the Bills against the Dolphins. Um, I have the Bills against the Dolphins. If Josh Allen continues to be consistent, if he continues not to make as many mistakes and look more poised in the pockets, I truly believe that the Bills will go very, very deep. Then we have the Vikings and the Colts. Phillip Rivers, you're a turn-up, apple turnover. I'm going with the Vikings, um, with Kirk Cousins um, and um, Cook and this play-action offense against the Colts. Um, Marlon Mack, he has also have had a torn ACL um, in that game that they have lost to the Jaguars. So now your running game has kind of um, been minimized to a, a certain extent. So I have the Colts. Um, Losing that game, I have the Vikings. Then you have Washington Redskins against the Cardinals. Now, this, to me, is going to be a low-key interesting game because you have that Washington defensive line against Kyler Murray and uh, against DeAndre Hopkins and Ken and Drake. So that defense against that offense, um, I think it will be pretty, really good. But I just think the offensive weapons and Kyler Murray's ability to get out the pocket um, and, and throw the ball quickly out of his hands, I think that's going to help him. So I have the Cardinals against Washington. Then we have the Ravens against the Texans. 
Um, I have the Ravens beating the Texans. I just think that the Ravens' ability to run, keep Deshaun off the field, um, and due to Deshaun trying to do everything to keep the possessions off is going to really um, be the key for the Ravens. So I have the Ravens beating the Texans. We have the Chiefs and the Chargers. Um, I have the Chiefs beating the Chargers. I think the Chargers' defense is pretty decent. But now you have this running back from LSU. You have Tyree Hill, Sammy Watkins, Robinson, Sam, um, all of those guys, and Andy Reid's um, ability to make plays. I just really believe the Chiefs are going to – I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs were undefeated this year. I'll have the Chiefs against the Chargers. Um, the Patriots against the Seahawks. The Patriots against the Seahawks. Um, This will be a pretty cool – game to to watch um um i have the seahawks against the patriots i think the patriots defense um hasn't i have not seen the patriots defense lately but i've heard that the patriots defense is not good like it used to be um and um looking at how uh russell wilson has been able to work with what he has all throughout his career i don't see no difference and this will also be a test to cam newton as far as his arm because as much as I uh, know about the running game, um, I would like to see him throw down the field with Jamal Adams going crazy downfield. Um, and then we have the Saints and the Raiders. I have the Saints in this game. I believe that this will redeem them offensively. Um, I think that Derek Carr, um, it will be the same old thing. He'll throw for this many yards. He might throw one or two interceptions. But I truly believe um, losing Henry Ruggs, um, down the line is going to hurt them offensively against this offensive team. Um, also, the fact that Mike Michael Thomas is going to be out for a couple of weeks due to ankle injury is also going to hurt the Saints. But you have to be glad if you're a Saints fan that the Saints pick up Emmanuel Sanders. So hopefully he can be that explosive wide receiver, um, which I believe he can be against his defense. So I have the Saints. So that's what I have for week two for the NFL. Um, tomorrow... I have um, Miami Heat again against the Celtics. I think it's going to be a close one again. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, and further down the line is going to be the Lakers against the Denver Nuggets. The first game I have the Lakers because I believe LeBron James, he benefits and thrives the most when he gets the most rest. And I believe those guys are rest up. I think those guys are going to be prepared. I think that Denver Nuggets, they're going to be a little bit more tired. They're going to have to figure out a little bit more. But I think after that game one, it's going to be a blowout in the game one. I just don't believe that the, the, the Denver Nuggets will have enough energy for that game one for what they had to do um the other night last night um so I have Lakers in game one but I do have the Miami Heat and the Lakers in the finals and I think it's going to be a great series it's going to be toughness against uh flashiness I think the flashiness of Anthony Davis and the flashiness of LeBron James is almost like the veterans against the rookies um you have the rookies in Hero Duncan Robinson Bam Bam um not necessarily a rookie, but, you know, he's also been underrated and been underestimated in Jimmy Butler. So we're going to have those guys. I think it's going to be a great finals to watch is Miami and the Lakers. But that's who I have. Um, that's my uh, episode for today. I hope that y'all have the great rest of y'all day and the great rest of your week. Um, and I'm going to be looking forward to these games, these NFL and NBA games, just like y'all. And this is the Life of the Game podcast, and my name is Tamia, and I hope you have a great rest of your day.